Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Soulful Entrepreneur Podcast. I am excited because I am with James, who is also a podcast host, and his podcast is called Profit Your Knowledge, and he's a business consultant, and I met him on a group of podcasters, and I wanted to bring him into the podcast to talk about, of course, podcasting, YouTube, building uh, digital products, selling digital products. And I also I also check James on YouTube and I really like your approach, James. So thank you for being here. Heck yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to dive into this and to hear all your questions and everything. So cool. Yeah. So the first question, the million dollar question, because everyone talks about passive income, digital products, making money while you sleep, right? So that's kind of mm -hmm. everyone's dream right now or most uh, of people, and what does it take to, to actually get to that point? Because sometimes we feel like, or I personally feel like uh, some people or some business coaches sell these magical solutions of doing it like in, in one week, in one month, but it takes mm. some time to build an audience and to build a product. What's your perspective on this to actually achieve that passive income, making money while you sleep? <laughs> it's... Um... Uh, yeah, I don't think it takes a week. <laughs> Definitely. It can, it, there's faster ways to do it, but the bottom yeah. line is you have to take the time to build a system. But even before you start building a system, you have to take the time to understand who you're helping and what you're helping them do and what they care about. Because, you know, when we do a sales call, which I'm, I'm a huge fan of coaching and private coaching, and I think that yeah. you should do coaching, you know, before you start building products, that's my personal exactly. opinion. And then even when you are building products, like coach people, like always be coaching people, uh, unless that's just not your jam. I personally like sitting down and working with people. Plus I get a ton of insight when I have real conversations with people and like, if they're paying me, it's just like multiple birds with one stone basically. But, uh, with a coaching call, you can ask me questions. I can ask you questions. It's very ebb and flow. When it comes to a system, you have to really understand your audience because you're writing emails, you're writing a sales page, and it has to be crushing these objections and addressing problems and speaking to their desires and, um, you know, poking the problem. Like there's, there's all these different things that go yeah. on and it's very, it's like rigid, you know, it's locked in because it's not ebb and flow. I can't change the copy mm -hmm. like on the fly, mm -hmm. you know, unless I reread it and stuff. So when you get a system that's really dialed in, it's, it's doing all those things like that. It's, it, you can pretty much make money while you sleep as long as you know like how to build products that people actually want and what kind of products they want and yeah. then basically just automate the sales process like you could wake up to seeing money in your bank account while you sleep and it's super cool yeah. but yeah it, yeah it takes it takes work it's not super easy it's you know people make it sound easy and i even have a course called effortless income and it's like whoa but yeah. i have to address things because you know, when you hear that, it's like, oh, you, you're one of those like effortless people. But it's like I tell people straight up, like the building the system takes time. The effortless yeah. part is the reward for that upfront work. Yeah. 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 OK, cool, cool. And which are these what's this information we need to know from these cli ideal clients? For example, you mentioned their desires, their problems, um, their objections. What let's say if we are like. Normally, I have like a space where I write down what I'm listening from my one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions because now I'm actually on the process of building digital products, right? But what are like some of the elements we need to really keep an eye and to actually write down somewhere um, so we can start building this, I don't know if like finding patterns or like, mm -hmm. yeah, finding something that is repeating, what would you recommend? 
Yeah. So first thing I'd recommend is to create a Google document or spreadsheet or whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. I just use a Google doc and I organize it into three categories. So the first one is challenges, frustrations, and pain points that they have. Basically, Mm -hmm. anytime someone's saying like, I'm so frustrated with blank or, you know, anything related to that, that's goes into this little column. So that's column number one, challenges and frustrations. The second column is uh, hopes, dreams, and desires. So it's it's the aspirations that people have. And that's anytime somebody says anything related to like, I just wish that I had something like blank, mm-hmm. or I really want to experience this. You know, it's yeah. the future, the things I don't have yet that I really want. So that's mm-hmm. the second category. So you basically, just from there, it's like, here's point A, where you're at, what's frustrating. Point B mm-hmm. is what you want to achieve. And um, the third one is when you have point A, point B, it's the brick wall that's in the in the way of them getting there. It's the the obstacles, the barriers, the uncertainties, mm-hmm. uh, the objections that they have of like why they haven't or can't achieve that or cross the bridge from point A to point B. Okay, so you have point mm-hmm. A, point B, mm-hmm. and the big brick wall that's getting in the way. And those are like your three categories, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So when what I do is I have this document and I'm constantly filling it with information that I get when I'm reading stuff on Reddit uh, or Quora Mm -hmm. or if I'm looking Mm -hmm. at YouTube comments and someone I'm following like Pat Flynn and he's talking about something like online courses. And I see people saying like, I'm so frustrated. I've been doing this for so long and like this thing's been happening and I can see their frustration. Like that's language that a real person is saying and not that I'm just making up. So what I'll do is literally copy their YouTube comment or Reddit thread and I'll paste it into my challenges category on my document. And what happens when you do this with the challenges, the uh, hopes and dreams that people have and the obstacles of like, why is this getting in the way? Or why haven't Mm -hmm. I, my excuses basically for not being able to achieve this or reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're just filling up your document from things you find online um, you know, Q and a sessions. If you watch YouTube videos or listen to podcasts, people do Q and a's yeah. from who people have already done the research, you know, that are ahead of you. And then you have the same audience. Like you can take stuff from there. Uh, or when you're doing sales calls or coaching calls with people, because even if a sales call doesn't like someone doesn't enroll to work with you, you can still get so much gold because what's the crux of a sales call? It's where are you at? Where do you want to be? Why haven't you achieved exactly. that yet? What's getting in the exactly. way? And then usually it's just like, do you want my help with that? Like, essentially, that's a sales call. You know, there's nuance to it. Um, So, like, I was on a call with someone, and uh, the guy ended up signing up with me, which is really cool. Uh, But even if he didn't, I still would have walked away with value from the call because he said something where he he said, it feels like I'm running on a treadmill in my business. Mm -hmm. And I was like... That's so good. As soon as I I heard that, I was like, write it down. Like, I don't even care if he signs (laughs) up. Like... Perfect. Yeah. So I I can put that into my emails. I can put that into my opt-in copy. I can put that into my sales page, like all these different areas. So anytime I'm writing Mm -hmm. emails or a sales page or social media posts or whatever Mm -hmm. I want, I -hmm. pull up that customer research document. Mm -hmm. If I'm like, I really want to poke the pain right now, then I look at my challenges, pains, and frustrations section. And I say, Mm -hmm. Ooh, this is language that I can use in this to really get the Mm -hmm. message across. Yeah. Wow, really good tip. Super strategic. I I love it. I never thought about Reddit and Quora. I'll I'll start doing that. And then until what point you say like, okay, I gathered enough, I don't know, uh, information or enough people told me like, okay, they have the same problem. 
so it's time for like launching something. Is there something like you would say like, okay, I don't know, 20 people already complain about the same or I know it's not that straightforward of setting a, a number, but more or less mm. like a range. Yeah. So, I mean, the more research you do, the better, the more yeah. conversations you can have, like when you're coaching people before you start building a product, ideally you're putting out content and you're building up your email list. That's like, yeah. e if you want to make money online, have an email list. You can do research. I'm not going to go deep into it, but <laughs> about emails effectiveness, it's great. And that's why every single guru or mentor or person that you look up to related to business says, build your email list because yeah. that, the money's in the list. Like it's just, it's, it's there. So when you're building up your email list and you're coaching people in the beginning and you're thinking like, I want to build a product, when you get your list to like bare minimum 300 people, that's when you know mm -hmm. like, okay, I have enough people on my email list where I can launch okay. this and still make some money. So that's like a good indicator, like bare minimum. Anything more than that is obviously fine. But like make that be a, a goal. If you're like, I'm not even at 200 people, like fine, get to 300, do coaching calls, have your document filled up with all this information. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mean, when you're when you're having conversations, you know, you're looking in Reddit or Quora, ideally you're having conversations because you can ask and dig deeper and, you, you know, you can find the internal frustrations, which are like the real gold compared to the external. Mm -hmm. So if I if mm -hmm. I ask you, like, why do you want to make or what do you want? You're like, I want to make ten thousand dollars a month. You're like, OK, why do you want that? And then they're like, well, I want to make it because of X reasons. Like, well, why do you want that? It's basically just like digging deeper with that question of yeah. why, like, why is this so important yeah. to you? And then it's like, yeah. well, because like, I want to have a business where I can be able to have flexibility and freedom in my life and not, um, not have to like work in a job so I can support my family. Cause I never had that growing up. You know, it's like, there's more emotion involved in there and that's the real quality verbiage that we want to add inside of our document. But anyway, um, when you're filling up your document, get your email list to at least 300 people. And then you, uh, look at your document, you're going to start spotting trends. And that's really at the point. There's not a specific number, uh, could take you longer to, could take shorter, but when you just see trends of like, okay, everybody's most of people, you know, are dealing with this problem point a, and most people yeah. are dealing with point B. Like that's the, you know, the general kind of gist of what I'm getting related to this, uh, this area that I help people with like weight loss or something, um, whatever your thing is. And then when you see those trends, you're like, okay, this is point A, this is point B. And then you can start game planning a product. Cool. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. And what about the format? Um, is the format coming, would you recommend or your own methodology is like coming from inside? Like, okay, you know how to deliver it better. Or is it something that you would recommend to ask uh, your clients on one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching calls or something like that? Like, what what do you like? Do you like eBooks or do you like, or where does it come from, the format? Yeah, so you're talking, talking about like what type of digital product to build? Exactly. Yeah, so there's a ton of different digital products that you can build. There are eBooks, there's online courses, there's membership mm -hmm. sites, you can build software, you can sell templates, you know, like um, yeah. people sell Kajabi templates or email templates or... Etsy templates, Canva templates, like, you know, they're just plug and play. Basically you buy this thing. I send it to you via email. It's all mm -hmm. automated. That's the beautiful thing about digital products, but not all digital products are always created equal. For example, an ebook versus an online course, typically an ebook is priced around 10 to like 25 
dollars, maybe yeah. fifty bucks. Sometimes mm-hmm. I've seen them at a hundred, you know. But for the mm-hmm. most part, like they're pretty low priced offers. Yeah. Online courses though can be anywhere from fifty dollars to two thousand dollars or three thousand dollars, you know. And what's crazy mm-hmm. is that you can have an ebook that has the same exact information. Literally the same content as an online course does. But because the online course is formatted with video and you can have audio files, you can have guides and extra resources plugged into the course. You can have a comment section built into the course um, and extra bonuses. And just the fact that it is video, even if it was just that difference, because the format is different, the perceived mm-hmm. value of an online course is much higher than an ebook. Because that, oh, yeah. I have to read this whole thing. But an online course, I can listen to in the background or I can get direct feedback. I can learn directly from the creator. Mm-hmm. So that's why mm-hmm. you can you can have the same content in ebook as you do with an online course and just charge significantly more. And, and I think it's easier to create an online course because I can literally whip out my phone and film my content. As long as like what's more important when people build products is that like people don't care so much about the production value because people think when it comes to an online course, oh, I got to I gotta hire a film crew. You know, I got to hire this like editor and all this crazy stuff, make it super, super engaging because people are paying for it versus my YouTube videos or whatever. And it's like, you don't. You can literally do it on just your phone and or you can use uh, slides or just screen shares and use a tool like Loom, which can be free or, you know, you pay $10 a month and just like show people exactly what to do. The mm-hmm. production value doesn't matter necessarily nearly as much as the transformation that you're helping people achieve. And that's why that research ahead of time is so important. I built yeah. six online courses and didn't make any money from them. And it was just building products in a vacuum, which is what most people do. Or like, mm-hmm. I think people are going to like this. Ooh, people are going to want this. Like, oh, this is what people want, right? Because there's books on it. It's like, that's a good indicator. But like, there's more in-depth research you should do. And then uh, the first one that I sold, I did a bunch of customer research on. I started to really listen to the pain points and have that Mm -hmm. document like I was mentioning earlier and then look Mm -hmm. at it and then write copy. And I learned about copywriting and then I woke up and I made like $200 in my sleep and I was like, oh my God, like I've done... I've done $10,000 days in my business, but making that was all through like coaching, you know, but doing $200 in my sleep when I, it was just like emails, basically it's like, what? That's so cool. Cause if I do that once I can do that a thousand times over a hundred times over or whatever, you know, I could just keep doing that, you know, and Mm -hmm. a few weeks later made another one at 297. So $300, it was a second tier to the same product, you know? And yeah, I like cracked the code and was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. So yeah. Wow. So the main difference that you would say between the first five courses you recorded and that sold nothing and the other, it was um, market research. So going more in depth to know what their actual needs were. So that's yeah. one of the Okay. okay. 100%. Ooh. Because okay. If, like you can have the coolest product in the world, but if nobody can see the value in it, you know, and you're not speaking the language of what they actually exactly. care about, like no one's going to buy it. And that's mm-hmm. like... It's tricky, you know, it it takes work, but the more conversations you have with the people you want to help and you have those three points, like keep it simple. Where are you at? What's frustrating? Where do you want to be? What's your dream? What's getting in the way? What's the obstacle? Why haven't you achieved that yet? What's going on? And just like every time you do a sales call, whether people sign up or not, go back to your your notes that you took on your sales call because you should be taking notes. And like, again, this is the crux of a sales call. 
then you just copy and paste the nuggets that you get where you're like, I can use that and copy. Like that's something exactly. that I could write in an email. That's something I could add to a sales page or a video mm -hmm. sales letter or whatever. Love it. Okay. Thank you. And actually you already touched a point I wanted to, to bring about perfectionism and what's good enough. And you already said that for you, what is good enough is to have a basic product, like a camera, your iPhone can be your iPhone, your headphones, but the um, quality would be on the point A, point B and the transformation and how you structure their, your course or how, how would you explain this? Like, To be professional, deliver quality, but not to like touch on the trap of perfectionism. Yeah, um, this is a huge thing that get people people get stuck on is mm -hmm. the perfectionism. Like when you build out uh, like a passive income system like this, there's two major components to it. There's mm -hmm. the program itself that you're going to be selling, or your course, yeah. uh, or you know, ebook or product that you're going to sell, mm -hmm. which should be good, you know, and that comes down from to listening to your audience, mapping out a good outline. For example, mm -hmm. when you have the conversation with people of like, I'm trying to achieve this and this is frustrating for me, you find point A, point B, then mm -hmm. just make a really simple outline of like, okay, what are, what are like the bare bones necessary steps that someone has to take, the must have steps to get from point A to point B and come yeah. up with like five to seven steps. Like keep it simple. You only have a 20 step process um, in the beginning. But if you come up with like five steps to get from point A to point B, this is the stuff you need to know right here. You have to know this. <clears throat> there's need to know and then there's nice to know. So if you get that, then it's like your lessons or course videos, whatever, become the stepping stones, the mini transformations that lead to the big transformation. Exactly. Okay. And that's, again, people want an outcome. They want a transformation. They don't really care per se about how you deliver that to them. Um, mm -hmm. You do want it to be a good experience though. But yeah, that's one aspect is building yeah. the product and people mm -hmm. spend so much time building the product that they don't focus on the other big aspect, which is the marketing side. And Alex Hermosi has a quote, which I saved. I'm going to pull it up real quick because I want to make sure I get it right. <laughs> <clears throat> But he said, spend your time perfecting the offer rather than perfecting an untested product. And what what I get from that is to create what are called the really big in the software industry or world uh, as minimum viable products, MVP, yeah. MVP product. Mm -hmm. So you have this idea of a course, like you're coaching people, you got your email list mm -hmm. of like 300 mm -hmm. people or more or mm -hmm. whatever. And you're like, okay, I'm ready to build this thing. Like I, I spent so much time just building product. Even my first product where I did make like $200 passively, it's like, I could have built that so much faster, you know, and like made money faster from it. Um, It's just crazy. But uh, when you when you get this product like laid out and you have your outline of like one to five or like five to seven steps or so, it could be 10. There's not like a hard line, but just like only think this is the necessary need to know information that they need to achieve this result. Then you film it on your phone or make some slide presentations, do it for free, whatever's easy for you and um, do the best you can to have good quality. Phones have insane quality, by the way. So a lot of courses are shot on phones. A lot of YouTube content you see is shot on a phone and people are like, what camera are you using? It's like my yeah, iPhone, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've seen that so many times. Um, but anyway, then you just get the product out there, use a tool to upload it to where the experience is, is nice. You know, um, I think a great tool if you're on a budget and you want to use something that looks really professional, doesn't have extra transaction fees and you can have as many students as you want 
which is crazy, is Thinkific. If you use Thinkific, I love Kajabi personally, and I always recommend yeah. Kajabi. But if you're like, I'm on a pinch, you know, I'm trying to just like make some money uh, and without spending a bunch of money because Kajabi is like $200 a month or something. Yeah. Um, Thinkific is a great option, but it's just for hosting a course. Kajabi, like mm -hmm. you can host your course, you could do your emails and sales page and landing pages, all the cool stuff. Um, but yeah, if you want to just like have a Google doc or like a PDF page, you know, for your sales page, which I've seen people do and make money, uh, and then you deliver it with Thinkific, totally great option. Um, so yeah, yeah. Just make your products like simple at first and really focus yeah. on the marketing aspect in the beginning, yeah. because spend more time on the marketing side than the product building side, because like you do have to have a good understanding of where your audience is at, but like the marketing, you know, the sales page, the, the emails and all the other stuff that leads up to them buying the product is almost like building a product in and of itself. Yeah. Like pe people yeah. can spend, I've seen people be like, dude, I spent as much, if not more time working on my sales page than I did on building the actual product. And then when it finally clicked, I started making sales. And the crazy thing is that when people get in the door, because you've done good, a good job in the beginning of getting people into it, then you can have a product that's priced at like, you know, $100 or even $50 or I'd say 50 to $150 in the beginning for like that MVP product. Mm -hmm. And then when you get people in the door, because you got good at the marketing side and built the other half to the system, then you can get feedback from those people of like, what do you think would make this program better? Cause like you want to achieve yeah. this result. Exactly. This program's going to help you do it, but give me feedback, you know, and get direct feedback of what people like, what they don't like. And then you can be like, Oh, okay, I'm going to add this extra lesson or I'm going to add yeah. this extra module. And the next thing you know, you have like a 20 lesson program yeah. that you turn from like being a $47 product into a $497 product. You know what I mean? So I that's, the, that's yeah. a smart way to do it that I wish I yeah. knew when I first started. It's really cool. And I think there is, it requires a lot of alignment also on being very clear on the sales page, what to expect. So the moment that they land on your product is what you were promising, right? So there is a certain aspect of alignment and being in, in continuous contact with the people who are already consuming your, your, your course, right? So sometimes as entrepreneurs, we can fall in the trap of just like being in our own minds. Like, oh, is this nice? Is it No, it's like, put it out. It's super uncomfortable. Like I'm doing right now also with my, the sales page of my new program, but I'm putting, I'm sending the links to, to people who have had uh, coaching sessions with me. Like, do you understand it? Does it talk to your needs? Right? Because I want it to be pretty aligned, the product, the sales page, and that it uses their own voice. And it's uncomfortable to keep asking for feedback because like some of them will tell you like, I don't get it. Or some of them will tell you like, maybe they will ghost you or whatever that, but that's better than just living in your own mind and just like editing 1000 times your sales page. Like it's only you, you need uh, other people to check it too and give you feedback on that. Yeah. That's such a great tip. It's huge. And another, <laughs> another thing you can do, like highly recommend what you said of if you have a friend, you know, even if they're not even super into entrepreneurship might even benefit yeah. you, but they could yeah. be interested in like the outcome that you're talking about. That's a great mm -hmm. person to have. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. They don't necessarily have to be into entrepreneurship, but as long as they can like feel emotion <clears throat> and the specific emotion you're trying to target, for example, if you're mm -hmm. trying to target pain or frustration, it's like, mm -hmm. do you feel frustrated when you read that? Do you feel like, man, that's like that hit. Uh, or when you're talking about painting a dream in your sales page, it's like, can you really feel that dream? And like the emotion is such a big piece into copy. But another, another thing to do when you're writing copy that I've learned is mm -hmm. 
to say your copy out loud and to read it out loud, which is uncomfortable. Okay. It's weird. Super okay. big because I spent so much time writing copy and emails and stuff or sales pages. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is good. You know, this is real good stuff. And then I took this copywriting course from Ramit Sethi. It's like a $2,000 copywriting course. And okay. I was like, I, I like Ramit. He's got hella good copy. So I'm going to read his page and like study his course and stuff. And it definitely helped me be a way better copywriter. Okay, um, cool. learned a ton, obviously it was two grand, so better, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that was one okay. of the big tips. Uh-huh. That was one of the big mm-hmm. tips that he mentioned of like, if, when you read your copy out loud, you're going to see what it sounds like, uh, to say it in a human way. Cause like if you, it should sound like you, and if you're reading it out loud and it sounds like a robot, which a lot of times it does in the early stages of writing copy, cause you should yep. always do multiple drafts and reread yep. and say it out loud. It has to roll off the tongue when you're speaking it and reading it, but also has to sound like you. And you think like, would I say this in a normal conversation? Would I say it like that? Cause a lot of times we write things, our fingers are saying something different than our mouth does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how do you personally manage it? I, this is like a personal, I don't know, consultation question I have right now because I'm not a native English speaker and sometimes I'm like, Oh, do I need to hire a copywriter, a proofreader, chat GPT or only me? Because then I wouldn't use certain words that are only for native English speakers, right? Or like, how do you do that? What would you recommend in that case? Yeah, I haven't worked with a whole lot of people where English isn't Mm -hmm. their first language. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the thing is that we can get so wrapped up in copy. This is something else I've learned and I believe to be totally true. We can get so Mm -hmm. much in like the tactical strategies and all this stuff of like, oh, you should do this. Like there's some things where you should add words that your audience would say and phrases, because if that's the person you're trying to target, like you want to speak their language, that's the best way to do it. But at the same time, like people do want to buy an outcome. So you should definitely be speaking to that outcome that they want to get and understanding, like, I get where you're at. I get what you want to achieve. I get what's getting in the way. And that's why I created this solution. So these things Mm -hmm. are important. Mm -hmm. But the other important thing is that these people, if they're on your sales page and they've gotten to that point, they most likely are interested in solving this outcome from you because they could buy that from, they could realistically nowadays, like they could buy health coaching, they could buy life coaching, they could buy business coaching, relationship coaching from millions of people. Like it's insane. There's so many coaches and so many people teaching the same stuff, but what makes us unique and the reason people will buy our stuff is because we have unique stories and experience related to the topic. For example, with relationships, you have your own relationships. You've had your own hardships. You've had your own wins. And those are stories that we get to tell that should be on your sales page. Yeah. Because people don't just buy products. They buy outcomes from real people. And when we can be a real person, you can use your voice the way that you speak. I don't care if Mm -hmm. English isn't your first language, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's you being a real person using true and honest copy. Like that's, what's going to win in the long run. Yeah. Love it. This is so inspirational. I'm going to listen it in, uh, repeatedly. So, and then we talked about the product. Now let's talk about the other side that it's building an audience, right? We also need an audience. Um, tell us, let's talk about building an audience and having a profitable business, even when we don't have huge numbers, because sometimes the huge numbers, they look sexy, you know, like 1 million, 100K on, I don't know, subscribers or whatever. And then, as I can see, in our cases, we have smaller, smaller, quote unquote, numbers, for instance, on YouTube. But 
we don't need a huge audience, right? Especially if we are if we are selling like um, courses of like as you said, like for example, one thousand dollars or something like that. So, and we are not on the entertainment industry, right? Because in with entertainment, then you can reach all these views that they look really nice in numbers, but okay, from out of them, who is who has a purchasing power? So tell us about that, like this, because it's also like an ego trap at the beginning. We, we feel like uncomfortable, like, oh, I have such a small audience. No, and then we want these bigger numbers. But how have you found um, like this sweet spot for you, like saying like, okay, I have an audience big enough. Of course, it's growing with the time, but we don't need these huge numbers. How is that for you? So I think the first thing to pay attention to is that you have to think about which, what, like how you're going to get this traffic. You know, there's paid yeah. ads there's podcasting, there's blogging, SEO, there's YouTube videos, there's social media, there's LinkedIn, there's TikTok. There's like so many options in, mm -hmm. available to us. And I tried so many of them and I still try them, but like, I don't really do a lot of social media anymore. I focus more on evergreen content that lives on forever. For example, podcasts like this episode is going to live on forever, if not for a very long time where people can constantly discover it. They can find out about me. They can hear this. Like you said, it was inspiring. I appreciate that. But then they get inspired too. And they're like, oh, this James guy is pretty interesting. Let me go check out <laughs> his channel or let me go check out his website, you know, and then they can opt in, get onto my email list, learn more about me. And then because I have an automated system, they'll find out about my product. If they buy it, that's entirely up to them. Mm -hmm. But that's like the beauty of focusing on evergreen content where a social media, if I make a Facebook post, I see people make these posts and they're super long and they're really good. And then they get like three likes and a comment from their mom <laughs> saying, you go. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dang, you know, and I've been there too plenty of times. And it's like, that could be a blog post. And I hope that they do, but I know a ton of people don't. They don't turn these long Facebook posts that are really freaking good into blog posts or some other type of content. So yeah. I would say, I think the smart way to do it that I've learned over the years is to make long form content and focus yeah. on that because that's yeah. the stuff that compound. It's what I call compounding content. When you make it. a bunch of blog posts or a bunch of YouTube videos and in every post, there's a way for people to get onto your email list mm -hmm. on your blog page or in your YouTube videos or your podcast. And you say, Hey, I have this really cool guide that's going to help you get X result or solve mm -hmm. this problem really fast. It's my gift to you in exchange mm -hmm. for that guide. They get onto your email list. This is a lead magnet. But like, that's what builds your email list over time. And that's what gets mm -hmm. people into your system. Because when you have a good lead magnet, people pick it up. It's a value add. It should be very valuable for them and helpful and like lead with extra value because that builds more trust. But every time someone picks it up and says, opt in, give me the guide, download, that kickstarts your email funnel or your marketing funnel. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So every mm -hmm. person that opts in now is a lead that goes through your entire marketing funnel. Um, so... I'd say like focus on one of the big three blogging podcast or YouTube that you feel resonates with you. And then from there, as you're like building up this compounding content, you can take clips, you can turn it into little snippets uh, or long form text or short form text and turn mm -hmm. this long form video or content that you have into social media posts into carousels on Instagram, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, Focus on the long form stuff and then break it up into short form stuff or just focus on the long form stuff, but at least focus on something long form. I personally love YouTube and I use my podcast as well. Uh, but YouTube, I think, is an amazing platform. 
And I already know what someone's saying. Oh, but YouTube's some competitive, you know, there's so many people teaching the thing I want to teach. Like, how do I stand out? I personally was making thousands of dollars from my YouTube channel and I had 200 subscribers. Wow. Amazing. Crazy. Yeah, Which is, really and people crazy. hear that and they're like, what? Don't you have to have like yeah. a thousand with 4,000 hours of watch time and monetize or some crazy thing? It's like, yeah, that's, that qualifies you to get AdSense, which means that people yeah. watch your videos. There's an ad that pops up. If they click on the ad, you get a little cut mm-hmm. for that related ad. Cool. I consider that to be a bonus. I'm not even monetized right now. I still make money for my YouTube channel because I have a good system. So people find you on YouTube, which is the second biggest search engine in the world. And video marketing is the most powerful form of marketing in the world. Then that is just a, a, such a smart way to do it, I think. And then people are finding your videos. They randomly find a video and you can have a video from three years ago that still is relevant. Like if you're, if you're teaching yoga, for example, like how to do downward dog, do you think that content's going like going to become outdated anytime soon? Like, no, you, yoga is becoming even more popular day by day. Um, and it's like learning how to do that pose or the different poses. Like that's interesting stuff that people want to learn, especially when they're getting into yoga. So Mm -hmm. that's evergreen content. It lives on forever. Just like an evergreen tree. It's always green. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. And then from there in every video, you create a lead magnet and then you offer that lead magnet. If you watch my YouTube videos, I offer a lead magnet in every video. I say like, Hey, by the way, if you want to dive deeper into this and learn how to turn your ideas into passive income, pick up this guide. It walks you through and it's a Mm -hmm. five-step action Mm -hmm. guide. Turn your first $500 per month of passive income. And I'm making a workshop too. That'll be my next one. I'm really excited about that. It's a lot of the stuff we're talking about here, just all together. Um, But that's, when you do this in your, in your YouTube videos where you're offering this lead magnet, every video, essentially every video becomes like an employee that you have. I love that analogy. <laughs> because you get discovered by your target audience. Cause you're making content that they'd be interested in. Like for example, yoga, doing yoga poses, full yoga workout, you know, follow along, something like that. And then in the beginning, before you do the workout, you do a little introduction. Then you say, by the way, if you really want to you know, do this thing related to yoga. I'm not a yoga expert, but that's your lead magnet. It's something free you you offer them to get them on your email list. Um, every video is like a carbon copy. So it gets discovered by your audience, adds value and builds trust, and then yeah. gets people into your system yeah. that's automated, you know, and it's working for you every single day. You don't need to have a huge audience to be able yeah. to make money by doing this strategy because the money isn't made on YouTube. Um, or on your podcast. And people think that it's, it's crazy how big of a misconception this still is that that's the best way to make money is like, I have to get sponsorships. I have to get affiliates, you know, and like all this other stuff. And then, or I have to get AdSense and like make 10 grand a month through AdSense, which like is possible. That's a freaking grind. And that, that's where it takes like having, you know, 250,000 subscribers or all that crazy stuff, like more subscriber count, bigger volume of people. Um, but for us teaching stuff, like it's about getting people off the platform, which I think yeah. is huge. And that comes down to having a good lead magnet. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I love everything that you said. Thank you. That's also really inspirational. And actually I should have started with this question that this might be the last one, but it's about what's your story? Because you also mentioned that oh, your wow. story is very important to add to the sales page, right? Uh, and I'm curious about how, what's your story and also how do you infuse it in your YouTube videos, right? So like, mm. why did you start this? 
Yeah. So in 2018, I left construction, but leading up to that for a couple of years, I realized that I just wasn't happy in my job and I was doing well at like 22 years old. I was making six figures in construction and I, I was doing well. I had crazy good benefits too. And all my family saw me as successful, uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel successful. I was, I had monetary stuff, but I was also my typical work day was like, wake up at 3am commute an hour to San Francisco Oof. to go to work, do f- hard physical labor for seven plus hours in a day and then drive home through traffic. And I was home by like 4pm. So 3am to 4pm was my typical day, six days a week because got to get that over time, you know? And, um, I didn't like it. I was like, this is not the life that I really want to live. And I was clear Mm -hmm. on it. I was really into personal development. And um, then I found out about coaching and I was like, well, you can actually make money helping people in some way. So Mm -hmm. I found a coaching institute. I got certified to become a spiritual life coach. And Mm -hmm. that's what I got into. And I was like, this is the thing I'm going to do. So I left that. And my dream was to help people with careers in some way. And I was doing this life coaching and I was helping people, but it felt it felt more like therapy than anything. And mm-hmm. I was kind of all over the place. We'd be talking about relationships one day and then we'd switch over to work. And I was like, I want to be more streamlined with something, you know, nothing yeah. against life coaching. Life coaching is kind of hard in and of itself to market because like, what is life coaching? It's like, well, it's a lot, you know, it's like, I'm going to help you have a better life per se, but when you can mm-hmm. be more solution oriented and like have a specific outcome, you help people achieve. Like for me, it's like, I'll help you turn what you know into passive income basically. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, I'll help you build digital products and turn that into passive income. Yeah. Okay, it's very, it's like, okay, that's an outcome I can see in my mind. Not like, I'm going to coach you on how to live a better life. Like, okay, like I kind of get it, but how? You know, it's like, what is a better life to me? And it's, it's very general. So I'd rather be a, a, a specialist than a generalist personally. Uh, so I got into productivity coaching. And okay. along this way, I found out about, um, I found out about like funnels and all that stuff. Russell Brunson, Brendan Burchard. Mm -hmm. And I was like, had the whiteboard and I'm writing all this stuff out. And that's where I started Mm -hmm. building online courses and digital products and stuff. But I was just building them in a vacuum. Like, oh, if you just have one, then people are going to pay for it. Right. And that wasn't the case. And then um, I found some really good mentors like Graham Cocker and Ramit Sethi. They taught me about like the customer research ahead of time. Like, why haven't I thought? I've never done that before. Like real customer research. I just wrote off of what I saw on other sales pages, which is not a great way to do it. Like do your own customer research, get inspiration from other pages. That's fine. Uh, And that's when I finally built a product. I decided I'm going to do it again. And um, then I made that $200 of passive income. And then a few weeks later, made another one of $300. And I was like, wow, this is really working. You know, this is like, like it wasn't anything massive, but it was working. And I cracked the code and it came down to just like getting better at it. And then um, with my productivity clients, just helping them be more efficient, clean up their computers and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I was working with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of coaches, and I always ask people, what's a win since the last time we spoke, you know, with my clients, just make sure they're making Mm -hmm. progress and Mm -hmm. stuff. And some of them started asking like, James, what's a win that you've had? I'm just kind of curious. So I was like, well, I made this online course, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's been selling passively. I put it into a system and I started telling them, here's how it can work in your life, you know, with your business. It was like, coaches and stuff or sales professionals. And then, uh, I started getting asked, like, can you help me with that? So I was like, I mean, I guess I was like, it relates to productivity, right? Cause like I'm yeah. doing the productivity stuff. Um, yeah, let's get like, that's ultimate productivity, right? It's like make money while you sleep. Mm-hmm. And then I started working with this, uh, this one fitness coach and she was terrified of being on camera, petrified of it. Like 
it was so hard. She was scared to send me a video. And uh, somehow I convinced her to start a YouTube channel and she started doing full blown workout videos on YouTube and her YouTube channel ended up surpassing mine. And we spent a couple months building out this product and I was like, this is so cool. And then I'll never forget the day when she, she had like no audience or anything, just like started from scratch. And uh, she sent me a video or a picture. I mean, that, uh, said she made $1,500. It was like a screenshot of her dashboard from the products that we made. And I was like, what? That's so cool. You know, is like, it's nothing huge, you know, but for, for her, it was really big is to see that, that program that had sold, you know, it's not like she yeah. made six figures in a month or something, but it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. she had a system that could work for her, whether she was working or not. And that was yeah. the cool part. And that was kind of the catalyst that got me into it. And then I started helping yeah. more and more people and it's just been, you know, the rest is history. Wow. So nice. It's so cool. And uh, it's also like, you didn't know that at the beginning, like you need to put yourself out there. You need to talk to people, to take the trainings, to test your product. So all these, I think that's kind of the, the price you have to pay, let's say. It's not that it's painful, but it's a price you have to pay at the beginning to really find what's what's your thing. And now you found it. And maybe it will change over the time, right? But you have an audience and they will probably move with you. They know you. Maybe at the beginning, yeah, we need to kind of be known by one offer. That's kind of everyone saying, no, like this niching. But then with the time, I think when, once they come into your world, then you can also sell something. Like if you want to sell, like, I don't know, minimalism in business, probably they will, they will buy from you because they like you, right? So I think that's the beauty of also build an audience. And maybe you are known by one, one offer, but then with the time, you can also uh, sell more to your email list, as you mentioned. So that's a really nice story. Thank you for yeah. sharing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And having a system, like when you build this kind of thing, it can, it can really change your life. Like learning how to do this stuff, it really transformed my life because I would always, I thought that entrepreneurship had to be like rise and grind, you know, and you got to grind your way to success. Like that word grind and like, it's hard and it is, it is yeah. difficult. Like it's challenging for sure. And you're going to be <laughs> put into places where you're uncomfortable, you're going to do something. It's like, I don't feel like doing this, but I know I have mm-hmm. to like putting mm-hmm. out content or something. People who say, Oh, you, you do work. You love, like you'll never work a day in your life. Like, no, that's false. <laughs> I <laughs> have many days where I love what I do. And some days I'm like, I don't feel like putting out a piece of content, you know, like that just happens. And yeah. that's happened to my mentors, even though we're doing work we love, it's like, it's still work. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I would, I would always go on vacations and take my work with me and I would bring my laptop. I would still do coaching calls, you know, and all this stuff. And it wasn't really a vacation. And for me personally, mm-hmm. I wanted to actually enjoy a vacation. And I saw a mentor of mine being like, he was on vacation and he's like, I see so many people bringing their laptops and it's like you spend all this money to and save all this money to spend it on a vacation and go to this beautiful place with your family or whatever uh, or your loved ones or even by yourself, you know, and then mm-hmm. you're just like taking your work with you and you're just working the entire time. <clears throat> so I thought, well, I'm going to challenge myself to like go on this trip because I had a trip coming up to go to Sweden with my family for two weeks. I'm half Swedish. And uh, I was going with my mom and then my girlfriend was our first international trip together. And my mom has been there plenty of times. I've been there with her, but she's like my tour guide. She knows where all the family's at, everything. We have a ton of family out there. And um, we started like planning for the trip and stuff. And I had this idea of like, what if I could go on this trip, not work for the entire two weeks and still make money? And I'm curious what would happen. So 
I was game planning how I could make it work and like what I wanted to do and like offers I wanted to set up in place and yeah. everything. And I spent a ton of work and ton of time getting everything set up. And I officially like scheduled everything and was like, that's it. I'm just going to take a book. I'm taking my luggage and I'm going to go to Sweden and just hang out with family and friends. And I spent two weeks hanging out with family and friends. And this is on my sales page too. I talk about this. Yeah. I was hanging out with them. I was making new friends. I hung out with family mm-hmm. that I haven't seen in forever. Some family I may never get to see again. And you know, I tried to do foods. I lifted this giant pole with a bunch of Swedes, which was crazy. And it like threw <laughs> out my neck, but totally worth it to like kick off <laughs> midsummer, which is a huge tradition out there. And some people never get to experience that stuff. And I wanted to like work, but I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to not do it. I'm gonna, I want to challenge myself not to do this. So yes. just relax and embrace the moment. <clears throat> and then when I got home, checked everything, I ended up making $8,000. Wow. So, and um, in that case, do you have someone like customer care or someone taking care of, of these kind of situations or not really? Or at what the would time, you advise at on this that time, okay. I do not. I think it's no, good okay. to have that. But what I did with like my clients and stuff, I mean, I told them that if they really needed me, they could email me or they can, I use Voxer, you know, to like yeah. talk to me. But I, yeah. I told them like, I'm going to be out in the boonies, you know, with my family at our family ranch, like in yeah. the middle of nowhere. And I'm going to be off the grid for a lot of the time. I'll be in Stockholm and I'll still have some cell service and like Wi-Fi and different things. But, you know, for the most part, I'm, I'm going to be out of there, but you can message me and I'll get back to you at my soonest convenience. And I gave them a ton of work to make sure that they stayed busy. But if they really needed me, they could reach out to me. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was pretty much all I really had to do. You know, yeah. um, I checked my yeah, email and, think, and some things, uh-huh. but yeah, I pretty much, I set myself up in the weeks leading up to it to where I wouldn't have to, to do that, to do anything really. Yeah. And I want to add one more thing here because I think it's very relevant that it's also important to have good clients, like nice clients, kind people, conscious people who, mm. you know, they cho- they choose you, but you choose them too. And then they chose you because of most probably they were watching your YouTube videos and they like your style. They liked something in you, how you were teaching or whatever. And then they choose to work, as you said, like there are so many courses out there, many coaches out there, but they chose you. And I think that puts you in a position that it's it's a nice match, right? So if you tell them like, hey guys, I'm going to go on holidays for two weeks, but this is my boxer or whatever, they will be understanding. And I think that's also the beauty of building an audience and a client and like position on a niche that you like them too. Like that that's pretty cool. And also positioning yourself with your content. Uh, so then they chose you because, because of your personality. It's not because we are on a list of like, you know, freelancers in a, in a huge list that if you don't reply right away, then they will go to the next one because they really want your personality and you t- coaching them. So I think that's mm-hmm. very uh, relevant. Or I don't know, how do you see that? Oh yeah, totally. No, I think that it's, it's a relationship that you build, you know, yeah. and it's, I tell people early on, like communication is the key. And sometimes my clients will be like, Hey, I just got this really cool opportunity to go on a trip and it's like once in a lifetime, like this just happened recently where she's like, I got this invite from a friend who has had these points or something and she wanted me to go with her on this trip. Like, is it okay if I'm gone for like three weeks? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, do it. You know, like I, when I work with people, I work with them until we get the thing done and I do my best to motivate them to to want to get it done, you know, cause people can lollygag if you do that sometimes, but it's like, 
as long as I know you're putting in the work and you're like actively trying, like, let's keep working together. I don't mind. It's not like, Oh, four months or six months, like you're cut off, which a lot of people do. And I've been, I've been a victim to that too. And it's like, well, we're not like done or I didn't get the stuff you promised and stuff. And it's just like your, your, um, your reputation is everything. And when like, I want people to build a business that is flexible where they can take two weeks off and go, you know, travel around and not do any work and still have a business that's doing work that they love, you know, know it's making an impact, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so when my client says like, I want to go on this trip, it's like once in a lifetime thing. It's like, yeah, go do it. You know? And then she trusts me more. She feels good about me. And it's like, okay, Mm. now I have more time to put into other things, but I'm going to save her spot, Mm. you know, cause she's going to be back. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think that that's really important. Client relationships are huge. Nice. Yeah. And also having evergreen content, as you said, because then you don't have the the pressure that every day I need to post on Instagram because, you know, it fades out in 24 hours. It's like, no, I have my YouTube videos that from two, three years ago, they keep bringing me clients. I, I still have my online presence that actually it's growing over the time on Google and on YouTube versus, I don't know, a TikTok. So, I mean, you can repurpose it on those little ones, but the main and the, and the, the long format is there. So I think that's also a good one. Yeah. Cool. Well, do you want to add anything else? Any tip for someone who wants to start, um, well, building his or her digital product? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say um, <clears throat> be okay with, you know, doing it messy. There's a great proverb that I heard. I don't know exactly like the roots of it, but I read it in a book and it's always stuck with me. And it says, um, the work will teach you how to do it. And half the battle is just getting started. So building the system, building products, all that stuff, like your first one is probably not going to do well. (laughs) Just quite frankly, it's probably not going to work out as well as you thought it was unless you happen to have a really established business and you know exactly who you're helping, exactly where it's doing. You already have the audience built and stuff like then it'll probably do well. But if you're starting from like ground zero, like just get started and start doing the work, follow a system. Like if you want to follow my course, go ahead. Uh, But there's plenty of other people that teach you a good system and business model uh, Mm -hmm. like what I do because I I've learned it from other people too. And if you can just have a good business model that you believe works and you can see it, that it's worked for the creator and then for other people as well, then just follow it and figure it out. You know, like, uh, just get started. That's kind of the biggest thing and the work will teach you how to do it. Exactly. Thank you so much, James. So nice. And I will add in the description box, your, the link to your website and to your YouTube. And I appreciate that you, you came to my podcast today your presence and your wisdom. That's very nice. Yeah, I appreciate it. Really, really had a good time talking about it. I'm glad you got some insights too. Super fun. Always appreciate that. And hopefully the audience got some insights too. Yeah. Thank you, James. And thank you guys. And see you next week.